Welcome to Colony Christian Church. There we go. I think we're good. All right. Um, and, uh, and happy Mother's Day. Um, it was really good to see our stage full. That reminds me of one last announcement for today. Next week, right after church on Sunday, I'm going to have to have the elders, or the, the elders and the building team meet. Um, we are ready to build the stage in the new building. We're at that stage, so at that stage of building the stage. So um, <clears throat> if you are on the building team, then if you could meet right after church uh, next Sunday at the, at the, build, the new building. Um, and there we will make a stage that's big enough to fit um, all of our graduates and even more so that they can walk through and not trip over things. So, um, Okay, well, uh, let's pray and then we'll get started. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word and to learn from it. We're so thankful for uh, the, the place that we have here to worship and praise you, praise you for the mothers that you've made, um, and praise you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> also, uh, on top of the Mother's uh, Day, I would like to congratulate the graduates. And you know, I think it's very appropriate that we honor the graduates and the mothers on the same Sunday. My wife likes to remind our children on their birthdays that she is the one that should be getting the day of celebration. <laughs> After all, they didn't do anything to earn their birthday. She's the one that did all the work of birthing them. I mean, my kids still get celebrations. It's not like we ignore them on their birthdays. But, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. The work that our mothers do to bring about a child. Uh, going back to graduation, you know, if it were not for my mother, I probably wouldn't have graduated high school, at least until I was 20 or 22. All 12 years of my primary education had to be painful for her. She would sit down next to me for hours each night and turn my attention back to the page of homework that I was working on. This had to be so frustrating to her. It must have seemed like an impossible task. A page that she could have done in five minutes would take me an hour because the mind inside of my little blonde-haired head preferred to focus on catching wild animals and working on small engines and the salt and pepper shakers that were setting in front of me on the kitchen table. Just anything other than homework. I just didn't want to do it. But my mother knew that I must do it. So when I look back to my high school graduation day, that celebration should have been for my parents and most specifically to my mother. God, please bless her for everything that she has done for me. Nowadays, it's not uncommon for me to walk through our dining room area in an evening and notice that 
There's a little blonde-haired boy sitting at the kitchen table working on his schoolwork, and his mother is sitting right next to him. The look on her face says it all. <laughs> She's frustrated. And so I go over to her, um, and I'm thinking, I know how this boy's mind works. As I lean over, she begins to explain to me what he is working on and how to do the math there. And I'm thinking, I, I know how he is, what he is thinking here. Maybe I can help. And as my mind begins to turn, as I'm watching him and listening to her explain it to me and him, I'm thinking, I think there's a wild animal outside needs catching. <laughs> as a matter of fact, my tractor motor needs work. And have we always had these salt and pepper shakers on the kitchen table? God, please bless my wife for everything she is doing for my son. A mother's job is not easy. There's a mother in our Old Testament named Naomi. Now, she had a, a husband and two sons. Unfortunately, her husband and both sons died and left her and her son's wives with no one to take care of them. She told her daughter-in-laws to go back to their parents' home. And she told everyone that was around her to call her bitter and empty instead of her name, Naomi. Just call me bitter and empty. This mother thought she had completely lost her purpose. And we can easily understand why. But one of her daughter-in-laws, named Ruth, decided not to go back to her parents, and instead she stayed with Naomi. Ruth stood by her mother-in-law's side and encouraged her to hold and have hope. Because of that, Naomi was able to make it back to her hometown. She was able to use her wisdom to give her daughter-in-law, Ruth, advice on how to reach out to their kinsman redeemer. Now, if we fast forward to the end of the book, Ruth gets married to the kinsman redeemer, has a baby, and Naomi has purpose again. Ruth chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, says, Naomi took the baby and cuddled him in her breast, to her breast. And she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, Now, at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Ladies, I want you to carefully consider Naomi. Life has its difficulties and its tragedies. And I know that all of you have experienced difficulty in life on some level. Whether it's trying to get your kid through high school or the loss of a child, God still has purpose for you. Use your wisdom to help others in any way that you can and never lose track of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. 
Naomi pulled through. God chose her to play an important role in the lineage that led to our Savior, Jesus. You know, mothers, the, the stakes are high. You feel like if you do one little thing wrong, that's, it's going to affect your children forever. You worry about saying too much or worry about not saying enough. Everything you do has to be just right for your children. And if it's not, you think you'll have an unruly toddler or a disrespectful teenager. Mothers, you should quit worrying about it. Jesus said that worrying won't give you any extra hours of life. Perhaps one of the biggest things that a Christian mother worries about is if her child will continue to have faith in Jesus when they, when they grow up. And you know, it says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, to direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. But you still worry about it. I want you to look at the example that the mother of James and John gives us. Now, James and John, they were disciples of Jesus. And these two fellows, they were full of ambition. They had a lot of energy. And they even got some aggression and some temper going on. Remember when Jesus was going through Samaria to get to Jerusalem and the people did not welcome him there? James and John wanted to call down fire from heaven to burn those people up. Jesus rebuked them. But what does a mother do with children like that? Well, at some point, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, this mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? he asked. She replied, In your kingdom, Please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Mothers, take your kids to Jesus. This mother, the mother of the sons of thunder, as Jesus nicknamed them, brought her sons right up to Jesus and boldly asked him to accept them in the highest of manners. Oh, she could have sent them to do it on their own. Go see Jesus by yourself. But she didn't. She took them, went with them. You see, we, we don't know a whole lot about this mother, the wife of Zebedee. Scripture doesn't say a whole lot about her. Maybe she also wanted her boys to be 4.0, students or valedictorians or starters on the ball team. Maybe she wanted them to be the best-dressed kids on the front row at church. Maybe she was that way. Maybe she wasn't. But none of that really matters because what the Scripture says is that she wanted her two boys to be 
the closest to Jesus that they could possibly be. One on his right side and one on his left. How about you guys? I know you want your kids to do well in school. I know that you would love if they landed a nice career that paid enough money so that your grandkids could have whatever they wanted. But none of that really matters compared to their proximity to Jesus. Do you take your kids to Jesus in prayer every day? Have you made it clear to your children and to Jesus that you want them to sit next to him in his kingdom? If you haven't, today is the day to start. It's Mother's Day. They have to listen to you. James and John's mother was bold about it. Jesus told her, you don't know what you're asking. It's going to be tough. And, oh, by the way, uh, whoever wants to be a leader among you must also be a servant, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. After Jesus said that, you know what makes me think? That there is a lot of people in this world that want to lead. They want to be making the decisions and telling others what to do. They want other people to be following them. But what Jesus says is that you can't do that unless you can follow. And it's not a prerequisite type of thing, like first you follow and then you lead. No, that's not how it is. It's an ongoing behavior. You follow while you are leading. Jesus, the greatest leader ever to set a human foot on this earth, he followed his Father God and he served other people. We need to get serious about serving. And oh, by the way, other than Jesus, I don't think there is any other greater example of a servant leader of servant leadership than a godly mother. They're leading their family. They're making some of the biggest decisions that have the biggest impact on the world, like raising our next generation. And all the while, they're doing it under the leadership of their husband and of God. When the rubber meets the road, mothers make it happen. Mothers Take your kids to Jesus. Now, one last thing for today. Mothers, you have got to trust God with your kids. You know, the lady named Hannah in our Old Testament, she became the mother of a great prophet named Samuel. But the first thing she did was have a conversation with God. Samuel's mother, Hannah, shows us how it should all start. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. We read this verse knowing that Hannah was not able to have kids up to this point because the scripture tells us 
of that. And so we understand that when it says, for this child I prayed, we get the idea that uh, she was praying to have a child. Lord, give me a child because I want one. But I think we need to give Hannah a little bit more credit than this. I think Hannah specifically prayed for Samuel before Samuel was Samuel. She knew that having kids was more important and more than the labor, the changing diapers, the making them do homework and helping them get a job. It's more than that. It's about how a mother can influence the world through her children. Hannah prayed that God would give her a child and that she could give the child back to God. She was prepared to trust God with her son before she even had one. It had to be hard for Hannah to take Samuel to the house of the Lord when he was just a kid, to, to trust that God would take care of him. Oh, she wasn't removed from the situation. She still made him a little robe every year. and I'm sure she was still very much in prayer for the boy every day. I know that it's hard for a mama to see her kid go off to kindergarten or to go to summer camp for the first time or to head off to college after graduation. But we have got to trust that God will take care of them. That doesn't mean that we are removed at all. It just means that you should be at peace knowing that you've brought them to this stage of life. With every stage that comes as they grow, you have to trust God a little more. Hannah knew that her son belonged to God first. Verse 28, she said, Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. Now I like where this verse ends. It shows that Hannah knew where her son was going. She was planning to give him to the Lord and she would be faithful in that. And after that, after everything was said and done, they worshipped the Lord. If you're worried about your kids, there is nothing better to do than to worship the Lord. Now, I don't know nothing about being a mother, but I'm looking at some really good ones right now. Now, I know that if you are hurting and if you've lost hope, God still has purpose for you like he did for Naomi. And if you're not quite sure what to do with your kids, well, I know what the scripture says. Take them to Jesus like the mother of James and John did. And if you're really worried about your kids' future, well, I invite you to simply trust God with your kids. Mothers, happy Mother's Day. Congratulations on your kids' graduation. And happy birthday to you for each one of your children.
And may God bless you for all that you do for them and for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful, grateful for your gift of salvation through the cross, and we understand that you have given us an example of leadership through our mothers, that they care for us and that they give us compassion. Lord, that they raise us up. Lord, we pray that you will bless them, God, for their hard work. Lord, we understand that through our life there is nothing more important than putting our faith in you. 